Here I have with me, I have Andy Ong, a very good friend of mine, uh, who's also a photographer. Uh, Andy, I was wondering if you uh, would be able to tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, boy. I know, it's kind of a stretch, right? Uh, like, so here, let's narrow this down. Let's narrow this down. All right, so Andy works as a civil engineer in New York City, and we met actually through uh, online uh, we met through an online uh, platform a while back and we just kind of stayed connected through the years um, and he's a very very good friend of mine um, would you be able to tell me uh, I want to kind of talk about photography mainly uh, in, in regard to this podcast episode uh, so would you be able to tell me how you started out in photography? Like, where did you just pick up a camera and just kind of realize that this is something that you're interested in? Because you you didn't you didn't really take any formal classes. No, I didn't take any formal classes. Um, it's actually kind of a long story, but so my dad, I guess, has always been into photography kind of on the down low. Um, I mean, he didn't really have any formal training. I think he just enjoyed making photos and stuff like that. But as a kid, I never really noticed it. Um, but who did notice it was my younger brother. And, um, you know, through the years, my younger brother just ended up playing around with some of the cameras, you know, unbeknownst to me, and he got really into it. So... I guess, you know, I graduated my undergrad and, um, you know, I moved out from home and my brother was getting really, really into photography. Uh, what year did you graduate? 2011. 2011. Okay. Did you take any, um, do you take any art courses at all? Uh, I mean, I dabbled in, uh, like drawing and stuff like that, you know, I played piano. So I, I feel like I was surrounded by a lot of creative outlets. Um, so maybe that's why, like, you know, photography wasn't really something that stuck out right away because, you know, I was interested in, like, dance, piano, mm -hmm. music, you know, so it's kind of never really on the forefront. But what kind of got me into photography was basically my relationship with my younger brother, um, you know, as a typical big brother, younger brother relationship. Uh, it was kind of rough when we were kids, you know, I wasn't necessarily, you know, I wouldn't say like, you know, mean to him, but you know, we just brothers, you your know, brothers, we, brothers, yeah, you're just brothers, your brothers. Quarrels. Yeah. Uh, you know, I annoyed him. He annoyed me. You know, it's typical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I understand that typical very well thing. with me and my sister. Yeah. So, um, you know, as the bigger brother, I kind of wanted to rekindle our relationship you know, at a different chapter in our lives where we're kind of growing up into young adults, you know, and young men, you know, and I didn't want to distance myself from him. I actually wanted to do the opposite. I kind of wanted to, you know, get to know him a little better, you know, and just kind of restart a little bit as more mature adults. 
So, yeah. um, and so photography was kind of the conduit for that, where you're essentially using that as an outlet to spend some time with, you know, reconnecting or rekindling, like you were talking about with a family member. Yeah. So, you know, he was really into it at the time, um, dabbling a lot of stuff and I had no idea, but you know, so I had a job. So I was like, you know what, I'll just buy myself, you know, DSLR and, you know, go from there. Um, yeah, so I bought my first camera, which was a Nikon D5100, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, what was that like you know, when you bought, when you were holding the camera for the first time? Were you a little overwhelmed by all the buttons? Uh, yes and no. I mean, you know, I read up a lot about it. Like, I'm a gearhead. Like, and, you know, I make music and I love reading up on gear and just researching and trying new things. So I basically, you know, you know, was pretty like well aware of like the tools, but what my brother actually was annoyed with was, uh, because I was a gearhead, you know, I like talking about gear and stuff like that. And I would just call him or like talk about photography gear a lot. And he got kind of annoyed by that. He got, (laughs) you kind of talking about gear a lot more than the actual like art. That that's something that some people can get wrapped up in is, is the, like all the gear, you know, and and even I, I'm guilty of it myself, you know, because I'm I'm constantly texting my friends, even you, you know, I'm like, oh, dude, new mirrorless camera just came out, like, oh man, I want one, and it's a dude, wait, like, just, just give it a bit, you know. Yeah, it's like, oh, is this better? Is it gonna make you know better pictures or you know yada yada yada? And you kind of want, you know, I kind of wanted to cover like a lot of ground, but you know, not really knowing or understanding what I like to photograph. Um, yeah, because I think that that's an important important part at first is really understanding what what you enjoy photographing first before you actually step out, you know, and start spending all this money on kind of on on that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you 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 picked up the Nikon D fifty one hundred, and and what happened after that? I mean, you know, I'd go around. I had like a slew of lenses, and yeah, I just played around. You know, I slowly kind of studied other people's photography you know i like the idea of street photography a lot so you know i watched a lot of videos you know researched on a lot of the photographers and i just kind of tried to mimic you know what they're doing of course you know everything kind of looked like shit in the beginning yeah of course yeah that's because you're, you're starting out yeah i look at some of my images i have now and I'm like, man, what the fuck am I photographing? Like, I even remember you telling me, you know, you were one of the people that was really big into that. And in my early, um, my early photography kind of um, journey was that you you were the one who was telling me the things that I didn't want to hear, you know. And I think that that's the having someone that's a good friend tell you, like, okay, well, this is a picture of like dog shit. What's what's the story here, you know? Yeah, you know, and I kind of went on my own journey on trying to figure out what I liked and what I didn't like. And, um, you know, it was a lot of trials, a lot of errors. But, um, you know, I, you know, I tried street photography, you know, walking around. Yeah, because you know. you're in you're in New York City, right? So the one of the biggest things I love about New York City is that there's moments everywhere around you. Right. Because I'm, yeah. I'm in New Hampshire, you know, and there's a lot there's a lot less opportunity 
to do street photography, like we have our small areas, you know, like we've got like Manchester, Concord, uh, downtown areas, but it doesn't have that energy like New York City does, you know? Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, like street photography is kind of like a strange, a strange genre for me because, you know, over time, well, you know, like I, well, let's backtrack, you know, I was just going around just trying to, you know, I was kind of nervous. I wasn't confident in my skills. So, you know, I was like very shy about taking pictures. And, and did was, you see that? Yeah. Did you see that in your photographs? Yeah. I mean, they're all shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, there, you know, there's that vibe about it and they just weren't good. Um, but I mean, it, you know, it's just with due time in due time, you know, I kind of got more comfortable. I, I don't necessarily do you know, street photography, like Bruce Gilden, you know, that's not really my jam. Um, yeah, those, for those listening, Bruce Gilden is a guy who gets up in your shit. Like he doesn't, he was a very, um, iconic photographer because he's blurring the lines between what people deem as, um, personal space, but also his portrait work is that he sees beauty in what other people would be, would be, um, kind of, turned off by you know like people that have this gritty look to them he sees beauty in that you know and he and he also communicates with his subjects very very intimately you know he'll he'll have conversations with them where other some photographers are a little bit more reserved a little bit more interest or a little bit more introverted you know they'll they'll take pictures of people from a distance that are street photographers um you know so i think that um as a street photographer they just have to people people will bounce their energy off of you and to be confident in the shot that you're taking and to really um, like see the moment and anticipate it or just, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a different photography style for sure because, you know, photographing sports or photographing all these, these things that are distinctly different street photography has its own kind of energy and feel to it. You know, that most, that most people don't really uh, connect with that, that don't understand it. And that's, that's why I always love coming to New York city. Yeah. I mean, like what, I feel like street photography is kind, you know, for me now, looking back at it, you know, you know, these are my thoughts and feelings about it, of course, but I feel like it's turned into this kind of pretentious genre. You know what I was interested in street. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, I don't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. Uh, What do you mean by pretentious? I mean, it's like people get really defensive, overly defensive about it. And mm-hmm. they, I feel like they feel like there's some greater meaning, meaning in, you know, their form of photography versus all others. And I feel like they, I don't know, it's kind of like it's this, as if they're trying to take the high ground to say that they're, it's almost as if it's this subtle, subtle competition that's taking place, but there's not really, uh, it's not really a competition. It's just the, the photos are photos, you know, that's, yeah. that's one of the things is that I, I try to, I try to dispel with people is that photography is, isn't, is not a competition it, and, and it never will be. It's just everybody, it, it's such a, it's such a subjective form of art because it's, it's, it's different than any other, any other because, dude, it's difficult for me to even articulate. Like, I, I had this conversation with Kyle uh, about uh, maybe a, a month ago, and it was that photography isn't a competition. It's just, it's just, it's an art form, you know, taking, taking images. It's, 
I can't, I can't describe it. You know, like if you walk through a gallery and you see all these different photographs of different people, they're going to have different thoughts on it. You know, what's interesting to someone is not interesting to someone else. And I think that when people try to make it, they, they see the image as a reflection of themselves, you know, their work. And they have to take a step back and be like, you know, this, this is just, it's just a photo, you know, it's just a photo. And that's, that's really, that's really what it just comes down to. You know, like you were saying, the pretentious aspect of photographing, like, let's say, um, you know, that some uh, some people are going to do like a black and white series on people they meet in the subway or something, you know, and then someone is like, oh, my series is way better than that. I don't know. I just, I don't Well, I don't, think... I don't necessarily think it's that way. I, like, how I feel like is they, you know, there's like some sort of like street cred for making photographs you know in the street they Mm -hmm. i don't know it's like this weird thing i mean i'm what draw me to street photography was capturing you know kind of like these strange you know fleeting moments that you know you generally wouldn't get in a in like a studio setting absolutely and that's and and the thing i like about it too is that it's challenging it's extremely challenging because you don't know what you're gonna get and that's what I love about doing street photography with you whenever we whenever we would walk around New York, you know, like I'm I'm obviously not not as well versed in it as uh, as you or, you know, other people that uh, are walking through the city at all times. But to have the opportunity and available or having the availability to just capture moments like just walking around, dude, it's you don't even know what you're going to get. Like, I love the aspect of that. It's that hey, we're just going to go out today and we're just going to shoot some stuff. We don't know what we're going to get, but there's the capacity for there to be something that we're going to capture. And I absolutely fucking love that. I think that doing that is that that style of photography. Some people don't like doing that. They don't like going out without having an objective and just trying to shoot things. Some people need to have an objective with, with certain types of photographs where they're like, hey, we're going to go out and we're going to, like you were saying, in the studio, hey, we're, we've got an objective, we need to shoot this for this specific uh, client or this specific thing that's going on, like wedding photography or studio stuff, you know, stuff like that. Um, but with street photography, it's just, it's, it's, it, it's raw. It's not, it's not staged. It's not anything. And, and I think that those are what really attract people to that aspect, myself included. Well, I think what it is, is I think street photography is a fancy term for just like candid you know, photography, it's like almost like documentary photography, mm-hmm. you know, like photojournalism, I, yeah. you know, street photography, you know, it's just a fancy, it's name, a, it's a, know. it's a fancy word that people attach to things that yeah. they use to have. So there, you could even say that there's subgenres of street photography within, and that, that self, you know, like, oh, there's, there's portrait I mean, and then there's, there's so many subgenres of it. And, um, yeah, it, it it's it's got it's like the the overlapping circles between photojournalism and street photography. They're 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 yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's gonna re, it's gonna relate from person to person on the very definition. But even like you know, say you're hanging out with friends at their apartment, you know, and just snapping pictures. That in itself is, you know you know, one in the same as like, you know, quote unquote, street photography. I, I think it's like, you know, being in the street and calling it street photography isn't, I don't know, I just think it's like this weird construct that people have developed. And, you know, there's definitely like a certain style 
in quote unquote, you know, street photography. Um, they're like certain cliche shots. And I think that's cool and everything. Um, but, you know, I think it's, you know, it's kind of. It's becoming, is it becoming bland, essentially? Like it's not. Yeah, it's like, you know. It's just it's, the brand. It's just too much. It's just everybody's just copying each other and just making the same, the same kind of stuff. And, which is absolutely fine, you know. But, you know, that's just my opinion on, I feel like street photography is, I think it's just like a start of something, you know, at least it was like a start for me to get my feet mm -hmm. wet. And then, you know, as I developed, you know, I kind of figured out what I liked, you know, to photograph. So and, from, yeah, so from starting as a, as a, as a person who's walking through New York City with a Nikon D5100, how did, uh, what was kind of the next steps you took uh, to develop how 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 you kind of found yourself now with with photographing stuff? Well, I think um, I I just took a shit ton of photos every day, uh, and I decided again to film. I got a Nikon F two, and yeah, I just was dabbling, you know. And film was a little, well, you know, processing was a bit of a yeah processing film is not fucking cheap man processing film is is it, it can be it can be expensive and yeah yeah what what uh what film did you actually start shooting with and so a nikon f2 is a uh it's like a that's early 70s 70s 80s i believe so i think so I, yeah I don't remember. Some, something i think that might have actually been maybe 60s actually even all the way back then i'm not sure um but do you think that through shooting film, it actually made you a stronger photographer? Do you and do you even still shoot film? Uh, I rarely shoot film. The only, well, you know, now I rarely shoot film, um, especially color film, because of the whole process, you know, and the cost. You know, I've shot so many roles now that in in the beginning it was kind of cost effective, you know, versus buying like a full frame camera. But, you know, now that I've shot, you know, so many thousands of roles or hundreds of roles, I'm sorry, maybe thousands, no hundreds. Um, so you've taken hundreds, yeah, you've, ta you've taken, you've, hundreds of you've roles. taken hundreds <laughs> of pictures. Yeah. Hundreds of pictures yeah, on, on roles. Yeah. Thousands um, of exposures. Yeah. And what do you, what do you think the, the process of shooting film? Were you more conservative with your shots? Were you more like, cause you're, you're paying for what you need to sh like you're you're paying for every single shot you know and i mean we've even had this conversation before about how people start out on film versus digital you know like there's 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 pros and cons to each you know like if you're going to start out on film it's going to be cheaper alternatively right and but the problem is is that over time like the processing costs will actually meet the cost that it would be if you just bought a digital camera you know and like digital is going to cost more up front but you can go out and buy a film camera for like 50 bucks, 50, 60 bucks, you know, a lens, maybe like $70, you know, and have just as good optical quality as you would with a digital camera. But the problem that's going to bite you in the ass is that now, like you're going to be spending on average, this is, this is averagely speaking. And, and what I have to spend here in New Hampshire is I have to send my roles in to be uh, developed, right? So a single role is going to cost me around 15 to 20 bucks, just one roll, 36 exposure, right? So if I am spending hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rolls, I could have spent all that money on a, on a digital camera, you know? Uh, how do you think uh, shooting film strengthened you as a, as a photographer? 
Well, um, you know, because the F2 is all mechanical body, you know, I got used to shooting full man and, you know, that kind of helped me get a better understanding of all the, you know, all the technical aspects of, um, you know, photography in terms of like shutter speed, aperture, uh, you know, ISO and stuff like that. Um, but you know, even with my first few, you know, first few rolls of even my first like hundred rolls of film, like, you know, majority of it was all shit. <laughs> so yeah, it didn't, yeah. you know, it, and, it really didn't. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, it really wasn't like, you know, this like huge, like epiphany or it's like, oh, I've become the master, you know, or, <laughs> but yeah, you know, yeah. it was still, but the experience of shooting film, I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, it's just a different experience for me and it's like not knowing, uh, what the exposure will kind of look like. I mean, now it's like when I shoot film, I kind of already know what, you know, it's going to look like, you know, when I get it, when I develop, but, you know, as of now, I don't really shoot color film because it's just a pain to get it processed. And then I scan it myself. So it's like, you know, I really hate the scanning process. Yeah, could you? Yeah, you're you're one of the very few photographers I know that shoots film and actually also scans their stuff. So can you give um, can you kind of go over what what scanner you use and and how you how you scan your stuff? It's like uh, I have to can't remember what's called. It's uh... yeah, that's it's it's cool if you don't remember what the actual scanner's called. Um, because when we when I was actually in school, we had um. We, we did the same thing when we were shooting film was I was taking digital and film at the same time. So I remember I had been walking through New York City with you and uh, I, my digital photography professor was amazed. He's like, oh, you're also doing film too at the same time? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, good for you. He's like, because this 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 printer we have here, or this, this scanner, he's like, we can scan your digital prints. And I was like, oh, shit. So I, I scanned like maybe over a hundred of these, of these, uh, negatives I had. And I was amazed at the quality and you know, the, the, the scanner was maybe only like 500, $600, but it, it still worked. Yeah. I mean, I have the Pacific image, like 7,200. Um, it was 150 bucks, you know, and that paid itself off very quick. Yeah. Do you, um, do you think it was, it's worth it to scan your stuff? Yeah. Well, it depends how much you value your time, you know, now, you know, time is kind of limited for me and it depends how much film you shoot too. You know, it, it all depends. You know, I, I, I'm not a professional photographer, so, you know, it's a sunken cost for me to, to invest, you know, the money into, to, you know, scanning and all that stuff. Yeah. It's, so a, I'd rather it's, just it's not a, my own. Yeah, it's a, it's a time it's a time suck. I don't want to. It's a time time kind of thing where you're just like, oh man, I can just upload this on my digital hard drive and I'd be good, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, so that's why, like, you know, I pretty much decided to not shoot color film ever again. Like, I'm done with color film. <laughs> uh, but black and white, you know, I can develop it myself and then scan it. You know, it, it's a little different. Yeah, because so black and white, the, you just have those two tones. You know, you don't have to worry about the color, which developing it and sending it. It's it's a it's a little bit of a process. Yeah. 
yeah and on top of that it's like i can now print my own prints you know with black and white you know a lot easier in a dark room so it i think just convenience wise you know color just isn't worth the hassle for me but you know i still enjoy shooting films so black and white kind of fills that void and you know i can still use my fun little film cameras that i have you know i will say that you know for traveling i find that film is actually more convenient for me because i have like a little olympus xa mm-hmm. and i'll just bring you know a dozen rolls and i won't have to worry about batteries or anything and you know the camera's small i don't have to charge anything you know and it's it's just a simpler i feel like for traveling it's just simpler for me did i tell you about the camera that my my father actually got me the um yeah the leica yeah the like so the leica yeah the leica m3 that i have it was uh, my father made the account that it was actually the first camera that went up on everest and i i was talking to him and you know i was like well dad you know that's that's a bit of a stretch to actually say that now that leica is for those listening leica is a german manufacturer that makes high quality cameras back in the 50s, 60s, even to this day, their modern day digital cameras are anywhere from $5,000 to $6,000, right? Because these are very prestigious engineered cameras that are uh, it just, it's a it's a brand name. You're essentially paying for the brand name. You know, there's, there's cameras that equal the M9 and their technological achievements and all that kind of stuff, but you're really paying for the, the brand name. That's That's my opinion. But this M3 that this guy um, had had for so many years, my father ends up talking to him and says, oh yeah, this camera was up on Mount Everest. Or this was the first camera that was up on Everest. And I say to him, I'm like, well, you know, Sir Edmund Hillary was the first person that ended up scaling Everest. You know, that's, that's a bit of a stretch. So this camera is essentially from 1953, right? Well, it's actually, uh, that the model that I have uh, is actually a power, there's uh, two versions. There's a single stroke, which rolls the film all the way, and then there's the actual, the double stroke, which is the version that I have. Now, this camera is very dated. It's somewhat, somewhat um, destroyed, you know, because it sat so long. Now, the camera itself um, is very interesting because it's not carrying, going up into Everest with this, this mechanical thing that's still working, you know, it would be very hard pressed to do that with, with even modern digital cameras, right? But here's this camera that you can have that is able to withstand all these elements and all these kind of things, right? So that camera has a card with it and I can't actually figure out the guy's name on the camera, right? Well, the guy supposedly shot for National Geographic and I'm looking at it at my table right here. And the card has a name I can't really figure out. Well, I did some research and come to find out this photographer had actually met the president back in, I think he met John F. Kennedy back in the day. So I have his camera, (laughs) the guy that was the Nat Geo photographer that was on Everest. Come to find out it wasn't the first camera that was on Everest. This was sometime later. I think it was in the 60s when they were still climbing up there or the guy went on the expedition. But I'm in his, I'm in possession of his actual camera, and I don't know if the guy is still alive or if he's passed away, but there's a picture online where he was actually a Nat Geo photographer, and there's his name. And if you go to Google, and you can see a picture of him standing next to John F. Kennedy, and I have I have his camera. It's I thought it was I thought it was an interesting twist is that these old film cameras you know that, that people have you don't know the 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 story behind it you don't know where where or what they've done and to have such a very interesting story come out just from a Leica camera, I was, I was very, 
I was enthused to know that 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 this is now in my possession, and I'm gonna I'm, I cherish it, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and and I know that you ended up going over to um, you went to China, I think. Uh, what was it? How long ago did you uh, were you there? Probably um, in November. What's that now? Like one, two, three months ago. Yeah, I was so- there for two weeks. Yeah, so dude, tell me, uh, I, I noticed that a lot of your work that you had on Instagram, uh, like you were saying, is that when you were traveling, you had these these uh, very interesting shots you had from, uh, I don't know if you were in Shanghai, I, I don't exactly know where you were. Uh, could you kind of tell me where, where you went and, and what, you were, what you were photographing? So I was in Shanghai, Beijing, and we also went to the Great Wall, so mainly in two cities. Um, so what's funny is like with film, I had um, I had a handful of uh, these high speed films that I was saving for, you know, like some big project that you know I was going to do. But you setting know, they, them aside been, for a while, yeah, yeah, they were just sitting in my fridge, you know, for almost like two years. It was like you know, a, you know, like <laughs> yeah. uh, like ten, five or ten rolls of like you know Delta thirty two hundred and the the Fuji Natura uh, 1600 film. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I just decided to bring that with me, you know, because like, what the hell, you know, they're better used than just better used the than the fucking film that's still sitting on my desk right now. That's not being used. Yeah. Yeah. And also I decided to not shoot color anymore. So I might mm-hmm. as well just kill yeah. those uh, last few rolls. Um, and yeah, I just kind of took it out. Uh, and it, so it was a pain because, um, x-rays kind of like hurt the high you know they damaged the high speed film so i had to you know every time i went through like the airport or like any scanner you know i had to bring you know bring all my film out and they would have to check it and stuff like that so it was, oh uh, really it was see i didn't even i didn't even actually think of that that's a good point but um yeah so like my photography style i guess you know slowly developed over the last I, I would say maybe like over the last three years, you know, I started to figure out what I liked and, you know, that was through a lot of time of just like studying other people's uh, photographs and just playing around post-processing and, you know, things of that nature to kind of figure out what I, um, so what I'm into, you know, isn't necessarily street photography. I, you know, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's more, you know, I like capturing just scenes, you know, kind of like if you were to watch a movie, you know, I, I'm really interested in just like, you know, kind of more, huh, how should I describe it? I mean, they are, you know, moments, I would say, you know, in terms of, you know, quote unquote street photography, you mm-hmm. know, like the decisive moment is like, I do definitely look for that, but I also just look for you know think of like oh this is a place in time that I want to capture so I'm going to capture it you know and I'm you know I look for a lot of shapes and contrast you know and I try to make that kind of you know I just try to make sure that everything kind of meshes well you know yeah, I noticed yeah, that your style. You, yeah, you like you you like very contrasty and, and symmetrical, kind of like architectural minimalist shots. It's a very interesting style. It's a very interesting style for sure. 
you know, yeah. and I, and I kind of adopted that a little bit of that, even, even when I was, when I was um, coming up, I kind of adopted that style myself, you know, where I was looking for contrast. I was looking for black and white images and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, and it, it's a different style, you know, it's, and trying to really define the, what you like and what you don't like. It's, it's very difficult. It's very difficult because what I like is just realizing that I want people to not know that I'm there, you know? I just, I want them to just be like, hey, I'm not here. Just do your thing. You yeah, know? candid. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I, go ahead. And, and different people are going to look for different things. You know, people are going to look for, you know, like me, the way that I'm, I, I was shooting as a photojournalist. I'm always looking for like the handshake. You know, I'm looking for the pat on the shoulder. You know, I'm looking for the, the smiles. I'm looking for the eyes. I'm looking for that kind of stuff, you know. Um, and other people are looking for people working. You know, sometimes someone could look for someone, you know, taking a shit on the fucking side of the sidewalk or something. You know, I don't know. You know, and that's that's just that's really their yeah. That's really what it's just what they look for. You know, and they see that in their in their body of work. Yeah, you know, I I, I look for a lot of movement. I I do like minimalistic. I think less is more. Um, so that's kind of how I frame it you know, frame my images, you know, I try to find an angle or, you know, composition where it's, you know, fairly simple, but the subjects are powerful or like the leading lines, you know, is very present. Mm -hmm. You don't, it seems, it seems like what you're describing is you don't like, um, like around here, we have a lot of trees, you know, there's a lot of trees and sidewalks and stuff like that, like very busy, you know, very busy kind of like there's a lot of distractions, you know, like you, you like your images very kind of like pristine, you know, very clean, very, very minimalistic. Is that, is that, is that right? Yeah. But there's also like the gritty, I, I, mm -hmm. I like gritty, you know, lo-fi ish. Uh, you know, I like that kind of aesthetic, you know, mm -hmm. not necessarily like super grainy or, you know, like not in the case of like, you know, typical to like typical lamography you know what i like about lamography i think that lamography and can, can you can you can are, you tell me uh can you tell me a little bit what what lamography is for those that are listening because they might they might not understand what lamography is i mean so lamography i mean you you heard of like the company like lamography you know they've they have this style of you know this aesthetic where it's very kind of like diy and kind of just you know do it yourself not necessarily pristine um and just lo-fi they they definitely have they push the lo-fi at um aesthetic a lot but i think originally there's a documentary on lamography and i think it was just you know sh you know press the shutter now and think about it later and it's just like it, in spirit is just kind of taking candid shots which is I think very similar to, you know, what people think street photography is, you know, even, you know, I think there is thought process in both, but, you know, after doing it for so long, it becomes second nature where you just trust your instincts and mm -hmm. it's, yeah, you press the shutter first and think about it later. Mm -hmm. Whereas, it's kind of like you know, training. It's kind of like training muscle memory, essentially. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like some, you know, people who get into street photography get on, kind of this high horse where they're like, oh, you know, I 
plan for the decisive moment. You know, I sit there and I wait. I, you know, make my composition. Then I wait for that perfect subject to come in. And it's like, you know, this, uh, you know, like this quest for the perfect image where I think if you are, you know, if you develop your skills and, you know, and, and you're confident in your abilities, you know, you kind of just, you'll see a moment and then it's like, you just pick up your camera and just take it. There's actually a photographer, William Eggleston. Mm-hmm. I think, yep. uh, yep. the colorful, gosh. yep. The colorful Mr. Eggleston yeah. who, who had that, had that approach where he would just walk around and a lot of the stuff that he would shoot is just fine. Like just pictures of just random shit. And he lives, I, I believe he grew up in, in, the Midwest where there was absolutely like n- not, not to be mean, but there's just this really small town and it's like, well, you know, there's nothing really exciting going on here, but as one of the first people to establish being a photographer, like he's just like, you're talking about, he's just walking around he's got a camera and he just sees something and he just shoots, he just shoots it. And you know, yeah. And it's one yeah. and done. Yeah. No, no multiple photos. So it's that, that's kind of my rule of thumb too. I try to do the one and done method. You know, I try not to take more than three photos of like a similar, you know, subject or a composition because it's just, you know, a waste of time at that point. Yeah, because you can you make know. the argument, you can make the argument that no image is perfect, you know. And so yeah. like people trying to really look for that shot, you know, and then they're thinking about it beforehand. It can almost it can almost be like they're psyching themselves out in a, in a sense, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, so back to Lamography, I think it's like in the spirit of Lamography, it's, you know, you see something that you like, just pick up your camera and just make a photo of it. And then over time, you know, I kind of use that mindset. And over time, you know, after critiquing my photos, you know, after I take them, you know, I kind of just fine tuned, you know, the second nature aspect of it or the muscle memory aspect of it. You know, I'll look at it as like, oh, I wish all my horizons were straight. So, you know, over time, you know, I just learned to kind of automatically do that first, you know, when I frame up, you know, I straighten my, ca- uh, my camera. So the horizon, you know, is parallel to the, you know, to the bottom frame, which is something you taught me too, which is very, very important that you actually got me thinking about that is that, um, when I was down in Maryland, one of the first things I actually showed people was that they can turn the view or the grid, the grid on in their yeah. camera because they only had the focus point. They only had like the focus wraparound. And then I was like, you know, you're taking a shot of this from the side. I was like, you know, maybe you might want to square this up because looking at it from the side, it just doesn't look aesthetically pleasing, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, it's not to say that all your horizons have to be straight. I think it just kind of trained my eye to kind of look at the the details yeah and that's you know what i tell you know my other friends who are getting into photography you know i tell them to pay attention to the rule of thirds the horizons you know and like all all that stuff not necessarily so that they you know do it every single time but it's to be aware of those those details you know so you're more inclined to look for details and with that you know when to like you know cut something out of the frame or include it or, you know, change your position. So it's just kind of, you know, that was kind of my journey. It was like, you know, I would snap a photo, you know, not really thinking too much about it other than it's like, oh, I I like that. And then, you know, after I 
download it or process the film and scan it, you know, then I would look at it uh, and then I would say, oh, I wish I did X, Y, Z, you know, and then out of like the 36 exposures, if they're all the same, then, you know, I tell myself, it's like, hey, Andy, next time, remember to do this or you're going to waste another roll of film. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So yeah, framing shots. Sorry about that. Everybody It's just a slight distraction in the background. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, learning to the, the biggest thing that I think with film is that when you when you have the actual physical thing in front of you and you're reviewing it, there's a little there's a little eyepiece that you need to use in order to view your shot. Right. Well, when you're viewing your shot and that's in the background, um, or not in the background, excuse me, but like looking at your foreground, looking at your rule of thirds, you're really studying your shot. Like, like you wouldn't really, you can still do that on a, on a actual, um, digital computer, you know, like a actual laptop, you know, surface, whatever, but to have it physically in front of you to really see how you frame certain things. I think that that is, it, it bodes really well to develop as a, as a, as a person, because you want to, be able to structure your shot and you really start to see um, how the different elements of composition can take place you know like oh there's a little branch over here you know like I was in I was in Michigan and there was I, I had I was very limited in my equipment that I had and I'm taking a shot of this like fucking artillery rocket going off and and I know like within my mind I'm like okay that's distracting that's distracting that's distracting I'm like I'm fucked because they told me I could only stand a certain a certain distance away so going through that process I'm like looking at everything I'm like well I'm waiting for this rocket to go off but it's there's too much in the foreground there's too much in the background so I knew being limited I was going to have to crop the fuck out of this image and I cropped it and then the South Dakota National Guard ended up actually using it Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I'm using so I'm using so people that are listening. I'm using a, a 28 millimeter lens, right? Because I I had an issue with one of my other lenses. It wasn't wasn't focusing very well. wasn't really going on. So this camera I have, it's a it's a DA10. It's it takes uh, 36 megapixels of pure badassery. So you can crop pretty pretty extensively with this, right? Well, the 28 millimeter lens was working, but I'm like fucking at least 500 600 700 feet from these rockets that are going off maybe even farther and the image is just huge so i crop down to this little square it still looks beautiful still looks fantastic but i knew by being so far back that i was gonna have to crop this image and knowing ahead of time the construction of like okay this this fucking stump is in the way this this tree right there is in the way you know and i i got that actually from you where you were the one who was teaching me to really think before I kind of shoot, but then also like it just, you want it to become muscle memory, second nature, you know, and eventually, um, you know, as a photographer, you develop that way, you know, like you just see the shot in your head and you can just walk up and, and shoot things that you don't even like, you, you might not even, you might not even realize how good of a shot it is, you know? And that's the same thing that just happened with me in Colorado was that like, I'm taking shots that I, I, just didn't even think we we're any decent and i go back and i look at them and i'm like oh wow this is this is this is pretty good yeah and so do you do you think that um like uh how so how did you kind of keep evolving after that was that just uh was that just kind of i your... mean there's other you know there are other things too you know after like just you know kind of studying and just reading what other people kind of talk about and i thought there was this kind of pretty good tip 
is when you're or it's kind of like how how to kind of look at a photo mm-hmm. or or any image you know you kind of want to pay attention to how your eyes travel around the frame so you know when you first look at a photo you know where does your eye go to first like where is it automatically drawn to then after that pay and pay attention to where it travels around the picture like you know with leading lines you know that's like a good highway for your for your eyes to travel you know certain positions like you know symmetry yeah it's very aesthetically pleasing yeah it brings your eyes to like certain parts of the frame so you know the next step was kind of like developing you know that aspect of my photography is to understand you know what parts of the image do i want the viewer to see first and then where where do i want them to go to next so you know just things yeah. like that yeah and there's also too is that there's there's like lighting and stuff that people also do too um there's a there's a huge uh, thing that goes into post processing and they even used to do it back in the dark room um and you know like making one aspect of of the picture darker or lighter um, to to draw in your eye to the to this photo, you know, like you have a negative, but then subjecting one side of the um, photo paper to light more so than the other side to make this stand out more. And there's a lot there's a lot that goes into just not not just taking a photograph, but also seeing what you're going to do in the in the post production of it as well. You know, specifically for like um, if you look at the work of uh, Jerry Ulsman, Jerry Ulsman, he was he was very famous for using multiple negatives on just one on one uh, on one piece of uh, photo paper you know like he, he it's kind of you could say that it was modern day photoshop back in the day when he's in the dark room modifying all these pictures and stuff um and you have different lighting effects that take place dude there's so there's so much to it that i wish most people would really get into you know because they just see they just see the the aspect of like oh the technical the technical aspect of photography you know like shutter speed iso and aperture and then but there's so much more to it there's so much more to it than just the technical aspects you know you want the you want them to be second nature yeah exactly and and that comes through practice so you know i practice a lot actually for work i'm in construction you know so i bought like a little point and shoot and you know i just kind of practice on a daily basis or even use my cell, you know, my iPhone to make pictures. Mm-hmm. So I've noticed that a lot of the work that you've been doing is uh, lately uh, portrait stuff. Um, can you tell me your, um, your, your motivations for doing a lot of the portrait stuff that you've been doing lately? Uh, I mean, I just like to capture um, people, mainly my friends. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just something, you know, I was kind of getting a little bored of just, you know, the, the style of photography that I was doing. You know, I still enjoy it. You know, if I see a cool scene, you know, it's not like I'm not going to take a photo of it, but I wanted to kind of delve into other disciplines of photography, which is portraiture. And, you know, that's a, that's another beast of its own. Oh, you know. for sure. Dude, portraiture scares me sometimes because like, you know, there's these people that'll rip into other 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 portrait photographers, you know, like, oh, her hand looks like her her finger doesn't look right or something where it's 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 so it's 
it's a it's a whole nother subjective art. And like you were saying, portraiture is a whole different ball game. You know, my one of my favorite is to just get up into someone's face and just do a full fill the frame shot of them looking directly into the lens. That's one of my that's one of my favorite shots that I have is is uh, just getting real close, black and white, and just getting the look getting the look of their of their face and the actual mm-hmm. camera with nothing else but just just their face, just their face, black and white. That's that's one of my one of my favorite things. But there's a lot of of portrait stuff that people do. You know that is really um it's really um I, I can't even begin to describe how how intricate it can get you know with with certain photographers and they have to bounce the energy off of each other to really you know produce good chemistry for just a photograph you know yeah absolutely and uh yeah you know i i kind of take my candid style you know into my portraits you know there's definitely like a, a decisive moment in portraiture too when the person kind of lets their guard down and that's mm-hmm. you know that's a time where i usually snap the or press the shutter button because you it's, know yeah, because it's real it's real yeah it's like you know i compose them and everything you know and and these aren't models these are you know these are just you know regular everyday people that don't normally model in front of a camera so you know dealing with a model is different because they know how to hold a pose and they know their you know certain expressions to hold and stuff like that but with, you know, kind of everyday people, you know, you can direct them all they want, but, you know, if they're not comfortable, you know, it kind of shows. So, you know, the decisive moment for me is, you know, I pose them, you know, and then, you know, I, I press a shutter, you know, then I kind of just kind of talk to them while they're standing in front of the camera, you know, and then sooner or later, they kind of let their guard down, you know, and, and that's, also, that's yeah. where the magic is. Also, too, is communicating with your subjects, man. Is that that's one thing that I always I always try to tell people is to talk talk to the people you're photographing. You know, don't just don't just stand there like just with a camera and be like not to be mean, but you're, you're kind of awkward. You know, and they they also feel the same way too. Is that they're going to bounce the energy off of you? Is that if you're confident in, in who you are as a person and just like just talk? You know, just be like, hey, man, you know, like what's going on? You know, and that's the same thing where um, even. I think Renan Ozturk was someone I mentioned a while back where he was in a, he was in a brothel in Africa and he's a, he's a photojournalist and they didn't want him to take their picture at all. So what he had to do was he had to dance with them for the first two hours and like drink with them and do all these kind of things. And then finally the camera just became invisible. They just didn't give a fuck anymore. And he was taking their picture all the time. He got all these amazing portraits of these people because he's telling this story and it was just they they didn't even care after a certain point you know people see the camera and they're like oh crap like this guy's going to take my picture you know and often yeah, most of the intimidating. time yeah most of the time it's a reflection of how they view themselves you know like this past this past weekend i had someone i'm not going to mention any names but i was taking their photograph um not this weekend but the weekend before and uh, you know i found it kind of interesting was that most most people that i i photographed they would they wouldn't have any issue with me photographing them but as soon as they pick up the camera and they look at me i find myself in a in a i find myself nervous because now someone's taking my picture and i was like well that's kind of that's kind of hypocritical you know i was like that's kind of hypocritical of me to take people's pictures and then feel feel weird about people taking my picture you know so what i would do is that i i applied the same energy 
to having people take my picture as I did when I was taking theirs, you know? And so now I, 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 I don't want to say I'm a fucking model, but you know, I have no issue with people taking my picture now, you know, it's like, it's just, it's just not, it, it, I just, I don't even think of it. You know, they like point a camera at me. I'm, I'm comfortable in myself. And I find that, that that helps a lot, you know, and especially with, with photographers that are dealing with people, they need to be comfortable photographing them and they need to be comfortable with their subjects. Like if you, if you're trying to photograph someone and they feel uncomfortable, then the, the, it's going to show kind of, if you're posing them, it can, it can show in the picture, you know, but then finally, when even getting back to what I was saying before, where I'm like, I don't, you know, I like it when people don't realize I'm here, you know, shooting for the national guard, man, when people don't realize I'm there. Oh, dude, I get some, I get some beautiful shots that way. I get some, some beautiful images when people don't even realize that you're there. It's just, it's real. And that's, that's what, that's what I think most people look for, you know, or they, they should look for is just not, not seeing the mask that people put on. And that's what I like to, that's what I love about photography. When you can reveal those layers to see how someone truly is, you know? Yeah. You're capturing real moments mm -hmm. and yeah. you know, that, you know, that's the reason why I like photography because I like capturing those types of moments, you know? And it's tough because I don't even think words can really, it's, I don't think as a, as a writer myself, I don't even think that words can necessarily capture what people have in images. You know, it's, it's, it's the images are just what they are. You know, they're, they're moments in time and that's just what it is. You know, there, I can't even explore my own mind with the set vocabulary I have to explain some of the images I've taken, you know, with some of the people, um, like it, when I was down in, when I was down in, uh, Maryland, I was photographing, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, you know, and seeing some of the people during the changing ceremony. And uh, that's what I did my project on was actually the Arlington National Cemetery. And when the soldiers would change, or they would do the shift change, you know, the looks in people's faces that is taking place, everybody's focusing on the soldiers, right? And what I did, one of my prof or one of my instructors actually really enjoyed was that I was actually taking pictures of the people that were witnessing the soldiers. And the way I situated myself was I made the soldiers visible in my frame, but I also photographed the faces of the people that were like older veterans, you know, that had World War II hats on. And seeing their faces when they would go up to the tomb, they just, they didn't know that I was taking their photograph. And I, and I wanted to speak with them afterwards, but at this pivotal point, it was difficult for me because I didn't know if I would, I was, I was scared that I was going to trigger something in them, you know, but when you look at their faces in the photographs, it, it speaks volumes because I don't know what they went through, but their facial expressions can kind of communicate that. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, sometimes you gotta, you know, look around instead of focusing on just, you know, what's in front of you. Yeah. As they say. Yeah, because people are so focused on on this the the soldiers, you know, they get photographed all the time. You know, they're wearing uniforms, they're used to it. You know, and, and like you said, I, I take a step back and I look, I'm like, Well what's what's different? What's like what's going on here? What what can I capture? What's what's really gonna show something? And unfortunately, I had to turn those images in uh, to Defense Information School, but I, I never, I, I wasn't able to keep them because they're considered oh. government property, you know, stuff yeah. like that. But um, they printed a few of them. I actually have one uh, that, that they printed for me. 
and um, I was I was very proud of those those images that I took. But yeah, I was like I could have I could have keep I could have kept them, you know, if they allowed me to. Like I could have e- emailed them to myself, but I just I never did, unfortunately. And uh, I just lost twenty thousand images on my hard drive, actually. Too speaking of which, um, I have to get a fucking recovery for my hard drive now. I just lost like twenty thousand fucking pictures, man. I'm not I'm not oh, too happy man. about it. Yeah. So, dude, I, I just I'm I'm probably gonna get wrapping this up because I got to get some schoolwork done here in a little bit. Um, but do you happen to have any any future projects you're looking to do or um, areas you're looking to delve yourself in to keep yourself challenging, you know, or or to challenge yourself? Uh, I mean, if anything, I kind of want to improve on my portraiture mm-hmm. um, and do more work in that vein. But you know, I just kind of just capture everyday everyday stuff. You know, I'm in construction in New York city. So there's always something interesting happening on a day-to-day basis, not necessarily worth capturing all every single day, but you but know, it just keeps the juices going. But dude, at the same time, you know, like that's, I took a picture, I took a picture of, I was actually explaining this to a friend of mine the other day that I, I the, the, sometimes it doesn't have to, the, the picture doesn't have to be aesthetically pleasing. It could just be like a story, you know, like we were yeah. standing in, we were standing in my friend's kitchen and I took a picture of a coffee mug and, you know, like it was, it's probably one of the most proudest images I have because it reminded me before we actually started getting ready to go to Colorado, what it means to me, you know, and it can be, it can across the board, it can be what it means to someone, you know, it can mean, you know, just, just practicing, you know, practicing. And like, you, you know, you said, you, you take these candid moments and photography is such a subjective form of art that it's going to mean something different to someone else. You know, like there's so much, there's so much to it. There's absolutely so much to it. Um, yeah. Well, and I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, as long as you're having fun and you enjoy the content that you're making, you know, that's, you know, for, and I'm speaking from a non-professional, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. just enjoying it as, you know, as a photographer, you know, that's, you know, the only really thing that matters to me in photography is, you know, I'm having fun and I like the photos I'm making. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's the biggest thing to take away from it is that as long as you're enjoying what you're doing, sometimes we're going to have, sometimes we're going to have these moments where, you know, we lose motivation or, you know, we're not shooting or life gets in the way and things are just kind of, kind of, uh, kind of lackadaisical, you know, with their images, but there's always, there's always more avenues to approach. There's always new styles to get into, you know, don't limit yourself to just one, like you can, you can limit yourself to one style of photography, you know, like landscape or, you know, portraiture, but there's so many different styles that you can always challenge yourself with that. It's, it's, it's the beauty that I love about it is that it's, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to be perfect. I'm never going to master this. You know, I'm always going to be, I'm always going to be pursuing that next thing. I'm never going to be able to master it you know yeah. and, and that's that's what i really enjoy about it is that like every single thing cuz i love a challenge and every single thing is always something new you know i can i can just decide to get up right now and just leave and just go like oh you know i don't have fucking schoolwork i got to do you know i'm just going to go and take some shots you know just for fucking for fuck all you know and and, and i'm going to have fun with it you know and even if the image is good the image is good if it isn't it isn't you know i got out and i had fun and i think that that's there's a lot of there's a lot of things that go on in the background with that, that really help, help people, you know, whether therapeutically or, you know, just having fun, you know, and, and always learning something new that they can do. Um, well, dude, uh, how can you, uh, can you tell people your Instagram and also how to follow you and stuff like that? Uh, it's Ongulus, O-N-G-U-L-O-U-S. 
um, that's with everything. <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, dude, thanks again, man, for doing this. I appreciate it.